My whole thing right now is about being unstoppable, about really reaching inside and grabbing something that's in there that you might not know is there. Alrighty, welcome, 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 welcome to another episode of the Unleashed and Unstoppable Show. This is episode number 15. My name is Todd Pierce. And my name's Dean Martin. And welcome. we've got a special guest. We've got Elise Grace. Hey. Cool. And look, today's going to be a really, really cool podcast. Um, Elise is doing some fantastic things out there today. She interviews really, really successful people. She's got an awesome project, which we'll talk about as well, called Fearless. And really, today's episode, the, the crux of what we're going to be talking about today is what it really takes to succeed in business today. I'm talking 2020 and beyond. Mm. And um, as you're going to hear from Elise, she's had a number of things that you kind of tested her over the years and she's got a great story which she's going to share right now. Thank you so much yeah. for being here. Yeah, Thanks thank for having you. me. Thank you. So I guess that the best set of me introducing you and all that kind of thing, the best thing I think is just to, to tell us your story. So how are you here today? What's the journey been like and what's brought you to this exact spot right yeah. now? Well, I... Over the years, well, I'll start from when I was a kid, right? Cool. So I loved music growing up. So I would um, I would listen to the radio and the radio would have these competitions that you could win um, if you could guess like the, the top hit and things like that. So yeah. I, I worked out strategies for how the radio was working and, and how to get through on those phone calls when I knew the answers. Yep. And I'd win prizes. And sometimes I didn't like the prizes, so I heard of this thing called eBay, and I would um, <laughs> and I would sell them on prizes on eBay. So sometimes it'd be CD stacks or a pair of Skechers shoes. Once I sold a Mark Echo watch on eBay, yeah, wow. and then it uh, progressed from that through to um, me learning LimeWire and downloading music, and then I'd take requests for my friends at school and I'd sell CDs um, and uh, things like that at school, and then. Um, out of school, I, I knew I had that entrepreneurial mind, but I had to pay the bill. So I started working jobs, and um, I've, I've tried a whole different industry, many different industries, I should say, and um, and had jobs that I didn't like. So or even tried Work-wise. network marketing, and oh, that's um, good stuff. yeah, it taught me lots. Like I'm really grateful for all the experiences I've got. But um, yeah, from from all of these years of trial and error, trying different businesses and um, different jobs and industries. Um, I finally found what I love, which is which is building businesses. Yes. Obviously, so um, I'm helping um, build my partner in my business called Fearless, yep. where we help nice. empower people around the world with um, with health through mm-hmm. being vegan and and improving your mindset. Yep. And then um, what my my baby right now is my podcast Trillions, where I um, interview high level people nice. and um, and learn from them. And then obviously the podcast allows people to listen and learn from these wonderful entrepreneurs and business people around the world. Yeah, awesome. So so I guess. Well, we're there. Let's let's talk about trillions to start with. So, you've you've had the opportunity to chat with some really cool people so far. What would be the the kind of the biggest lessons that you've taken if you to reflect? And I'll put you on the spot, but yeah. <laughs> spot's the best place That's to be, it, yeah. right? Yeah. If you reflect on the on the people that you've chat to, what would you be say are the, the the biggest takeaways you've got in respect to what it takes to succeed in business today? Um, they really stick in their lane. Hey, like um. I was chatting with uh, Don O'Rourke recently, and I've, I've interviewed a few uh, property people, uh, Scott Hutchinson and yep. also Brian White. So these guys, are they stay in their lane. Right now there's great opportunities with coronavirus to be, um, you know, importing masks from China or creating a san- hand sanitizer company, but these guys aren't worried about that. They're sticking in their lane, focus on what they do and what they yep. do best. 
um, and they're not worried about other opportunities. So I think it's really important in business to know when to say no. So as avoiding well. the uh, shiny object syndrome. It's like, oh, something yeah. new. Might try that. Exactly. Ooh, is that a fluffy dog? Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> focus. Yeah, focus for sure. Yeah, and nice. staying in their lane. Um, yeah, focus on what they are good at. Yeah, but what's um, it mean by staying in the lane exactly? Like for someone that's never actually heard that term before and hasn't really thought about it. So what's that? specifically mean if they're to stay in their lane yeah well uh don't walk for example um is is all about uh um uh construction like development project mm. development um oh sorry property development is the words i'm looking for yeah. so he isn't worried about um about um like buying and selling cranes he's which is still construction he's focused on property development mm-hmm. and that's it uh, there's many different things he could be doing in, in, in the realm of construction, but he's not he's not worried about trying to do everything. He's just focused on what he does best, which is the property mm. development side of things, the investment side of things, um, bringing in capital from investors, mm. and, and that's what he's focused yep. on. So I think that's maybe the best way to explain it. Somebody mm. else no, it, it's, it's really good. And, and, you know, like a couple of years ago, I did a couple of videos called Too Many Options and Our Focus. And it kind of really does highlight what we have today. We have got so, such a vast array of options available to us every second of every minute of every hour, of every single day, that it is easy to get distracted by things. And, yeah. you know, I think it was Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett, yeah, it was Warren Buffett. He said, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was him. He said, like, if you had a punch card, yeah, the old punch card metaphor. If you had a punch card that had, like, I think it was 12 punch cards that you can punch on it, and they were the only choices, the only things that you could do in life, Mm. you'd be a lot more selective with what you chose Mm. to invest your time and energy into. He goes, but people don't. They think they've got like this infinite amount of punch cards and that's a mistake. So like for people watching, like whenever you do endeavor in business, you have to be focused. You have to stay in your lane, as you said. And like when I talk about prioritization, I talk about high impact, high income activities. How can I hone that focus so that I'm not distracted by the bullshit? No, that's really cool. What's um in respect to to trillions? What's the what's the end outcome with that podcast for you? As you kind of interview people and, and do that kind of thing? Yeah, well, my first focus is to interview um a trillion dollars net worth of people. That's <laughs> so, so cool. So um yeah, so my focus at the moment is decamillionaires and up. Yeah, uh, not necessarily for the money side of things. What I think when I think of a decamillionaire or centimillionaire, someone who has really um, refine their business yep. to a point with great systems because to be making that much money and to manage that you need to have great systems great people a great vision get to do stuff in order yeah exactly mm. so I really want to talk to these caliber of people because they've got that experience and uh, especially those entrepreneurs that have built yep. from the ground up to that point have really interesting stories so um, that's my focus with the podcast also so with that trillion trillion dollars worth of net worth people it's around 100 people i've worked out yep um to get to that yeah, nice yeah. 100 people have earned 10 mil or more yeah exactly yeah, cool they've obviously got a lot to uh, a lot of lessons that can they they could share haven't they yeah so, definitely mm. so I, I really want to get um those hundred interviews done so that um, the next generation of entrepreneurs and business people like ourselves yes. mm. can learn from them before they pass and, um, and um, yeah, and enjoy the, the podcast and interviews. After that, we'll see where it goes or what opportunities come. Yep. It's probably one of the few projects that I've done where I haven't had a really clear, um, you know, monetization model around yep. it. I'm just, I'm, I'm really enjoying the process. Nice. I'm just focused on enjoying the process. My, my thing is index funds that safe long-term, generational, like I'm talking um, 
Scott Hutchinson is fourth generation with his fifth generation in training to become a, a C-suite executive. Mm. So um, they've got a really good generational wealth structure where they only bring in one person from each generation to work mm-hmm. in the company and also obviously how they're managing um, their business and the rules around what they can, can and can't do with that. Yeah, so that means obviously like if you're the parent, you're creating wealth not only yourself but for your kids, for their kids, so yep. creating, setting something up. So Think, Thinking beyond yourself. Mm-hmm. Like not just, oh, I'm going to live to 100 so I need to be set up till then yeah. or I hope I can – uh, live well when I'm retired. Why not think beyond that to yeah. your your kids, grandkids, and their kids, great grandkids? Yeah, and how can I set up my trust fund and my investment strategy to live beyond me yeah. and my business? Based on a couple of the habits lately, most people, or a lot of people, sorry, um, thinking they're only going to live to the end of this crisis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, and you know, you've just you know sparked something in my mind in respect to how people think. And like I've done, I've run sales and marketing companies and I've literally hired at one point we we're interviewing like 30 on people a day and, and like I saw firsthand the kind of mindsets people have and you know when you get into sales obviously you got a money mindset right you want to yeah. make money and we did door-to-door sales so it's like you know the most direct kind of sales you can do and it's hard and it's interesting right seeing I would always say this like the the, the, the the initial part of the training that we'd do with people was all about mindset because if you can't get their mind right they're going to go out there get told to fuck off by someone at the door how many times can you handle that well yeah. most people not a lot right so you have to get their mind right and what you would see so often whenever I did the interview I'd always start by saying something along the lines of okay so who here what's your earning expectations and uh, and people go around the room and normally we do group interviews because yeah you know <laughs> All of them in the room at once. Tell them the opportunity. Who's it for? Great. Who's it not for? Buy. And, you know, when people go around the room, it's always so interesting to hear their earning expectations. And it, it's scary because you know, my, my belief is that you, you often will get what you aim for. Mm. What you don't aim for, you'll always miss. And what you do aim for, at least if you've got something there you're moving towards. And so many people would be like, oh, I want to earn $600 a week. How much do you want? $800 a week. How much do you want? thousand dollars a week and then you get, the, you know, you get that little ball of a little cocky arrogant person that would be like i want ten thousand dollars a week You're like yeah my man <laughs> and then like if the next person heard that person say ten thousand dollars about instantly got from 600 to something like 1200 mm. right but like that's the expectation 1200 bucks a week what's that 1200 times 52 like what's that that's like freaking 60 grand a year you're the math person uh, <laughs> i'm the talker you're the mathematician mate like 60 okay yeah like that's not enough to live yeah it's ridiculous and it, it, yeah it spins me out. anyway i digress um so <laughs> little todd tangent <laughs> i know sorry i, I can't help I it <laughs> so, <laughs> so that that that's really cool obviously building that generational wealth now obviously you're here right now you're super focused you're, you're laser focused on what you want to do what you want to achieve and what it all means to you hasn't always been that way mm. so like what kind of things have what have been like the the building blocks the challenges the the things that have kind of put you in this position where this is now your passion uh well i i was in a position at one point i just had a flashback then when you were saying that um where i was i was living in the city in one of the maritime buildings right on yep. the 58th floor i had this magnificent view um but i couldn't pay my rent and i remember um I remember sitting on the floor in my bedroom crying, just being like, life's hard, man. Like, and then I was questioning myself, like, why, who am I to complain? Look where I live. I live in Australia. I'm in this great apartment. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, but I'm having a tough time right now. Yeah. And, um, and I think that many people can relate and that people in my position back then and, and possibly even now, um, 
just looking for somebody or that light, somebody who can guide them, somebody who has perhaps been in their position and then they've come out of it. So just for me with my podcast is sharing the stories of people who've been in here where a lot of people are right now and then they, they've done X, Y, Z and then they've gotten to a point where they're living a better than average lifestyle. So um, I remember sitting there feeling this way and um, and I remember thinking, well, you know, going through the options and one of them was, well, you can kill yourself. And mm-hmm. and um, I was like, well, I, I've got so much to give the world. I don't think that now's the time to, to leave. Um, that would be a bit of a cop-out. I'm glad that you didn't. So, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't, that, it wasn't that, that, yeah. that um, bad, you know. I wasn't thinking about it seriously, seriously. But I still thought, well, that's, that's an option. And yep. I thought, nah, fuck that. Like, th- I've got so much to give the world. Um, all I have to do is just put one foot in front of the other and keep moving forward. So mm. what can I do? Um, do some more work or I, I can't remember at the time if I was working or not but um, you know at that when I was living there I was selling roses on the street to pay my rent at one point wow. so just really hustling and, yep. and doing as much as I could to um, to get that money in to, to mm. just do the basics yep. and my vision was like this at that point just pay my rent and, and eat mm-hmm. and then obviously as things got better um, my view expanded and now my view is a lot broader and I'm able to um, provide a lot more value mm. in the world. So what led to that point there? Like what, what were the series of events that led to that, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I'd say um, I was living outside my means. Yep. So I was uh, trying to increase my lifestyle faster than my... This is a great lesson, by the way, guys. Yeah. You should pay attention. This is a good, <laughs> always a good lesson. So I um, was earning, I, again, it was a long time ago, I was earning a certain amount and I, um, I split with my boyfriend and he lived in... Uh, an apartment building in the city and yep. I just I, I love that view and man it must have been my my uh, my RAS system in my brain being like I'm used to this yep. so I want this back yep. but I want it just for me so uh, I, I went in search <laughs> of somewhere for myself which yep. was this, this apartment and I was initially meant to rent with somebody else and then they bailed so yep. then I was left with the rent by myself um, so it was te- it was technically a good move, but I think the universe had a, a, a very strong, important message for me at that point, which was to live within my means. So yes. um, I couldn't cover the rent on my own, let alone my portion on my own. You know, I was week to week, living week to week. So yeah. um, it's really important, audience, to yes. um, live within your means and, and, you know, increase your your earnings a lot and make sure you've got that cash buffer. I didn't even know about cash buffers back then. <laughs> yep. um, have, make sure you have three-month expenses saved before you go and increase your lifestyle and then gradually increase the lifestyle. What was the journey getting out of that part of your life? And and I guess what were the learnings that you got along the way? Yeah, I had a mentor at the time and he just, um, he just said, work hard. Mm -hmm. So he just said, life's not easy, work hard, get over it, focus on what you can control. So um, I just focused on working, man. Like I, I remember, um, I remember I, I, it's, it's interesting. Once my per, my perception in my mind changed, mm-hmm. I got a message from someone who, um, a recruiter who said, I've got a job you might be interested in. And, and um, um, yeah, I entertained it and I ended up getting the position. Nice. It, was a fa- it was a really cool gig. I really loved it. Business development. Nice. Um, and then at the same time, I, I got involved in network marketing. And, yep. um, and then I just really poured my energy into those two things. So keeping fit, my job, my day job, and then the network marketing on the side. And no, I think the network marketing, I didn't have a huge amount of success in that company, but um, it really gave me a sense of community. And but the, you learned things. The yeah. personal development yeah. really was incredible. And so um, that really helped me pull through. And yep. then also um, the job paid quite well. And then um, when I was tempted to, I set up like an automated savings plan. Yep. So just automatically every week the, 
um, money would go into my savings account. Mm-hmm. And then every time I felt tempted to buy something, I would ask myself, is this within my means? And uh, yeah, usually it wasn't. So I just I just started questioning myself and yep. it was hard. Um, you know, I think your brain sets up ha- habits and patterns and, yes. and it's really important to understand that the words that your brain is telling you is often trying to trick you yep. and pull you back into your comfort zone. But um, I, I just push through the discomfort to become a, a new person. Yeah, there ain't no growth in comfort. No, exactly. No. Is it a yeah. need or is it a want? So <laughs> what, because I'm, I'm assuming you probably didn't just stop working to start a business. Talk to me, what was like the, what was that transitional period where you kind of started formulating the ideas for a business? And like, what was that kind of journey there? Um, well, the first business I set up, the, the real serious one, I um, was working, um, I, again, I've had so many different jobs, I can't remember which one, but um, yeah. I, yeah, I'm not a good employee, <laughs> I'm a good I, business, I'm a good owner and leader, yeah. I, um, I got a tax return and my accountant, did, it was the first time I had an accountant do my tax return, or a good ta- accountant, and I got a return of around $5,000, yep. so I thought... Um, what can I do with this money? And I thought, why don't I start a business? Yep. So I um, I advertised for some people that I thought would be needed on my team for a media company. I was really heavily into Gary Vee back in 2016. Yeah, nice. Um, and he was, um, you know, doing VaynerMedia and stuff like that. So I thought it would be really uh, good as a, we're talking about foundations before the podcast, yep. to set up my foundations as a media company because I, I can see that the world is headed towards a social media online world. Mm-hmm. So I thought a media company is a great place to start. Anyway, so I got these people together and um, and uh, started building this this business and um, and um, I went out business development, you know that kind mm-hmm. of person, getting the jobs in and then having my team do the work and yep. then I'd pay them for their for their time. Yep. Uh, and then um, uh, I had a particular client who um, you could say screwed me over, but it was obviously a lesson and, and yeah, miscommunication between the two of us. I didn't provide a contract and then yep. he wasn't happy with some things. Great so, lesson, right? Yeah, so many lessons <laughs> in life. So um, and then Christmas happened, and then I kind of just let it let it fall by mm. the wayside, and and um, and didn't go back to it. So yep. then um, probably a bit of fear from what happened. So yep. then I was working a bar, and I was I was kind of like, man, I just, I was loving the business thing. What happened there? And and um, back into the old old habits of just working, feeling yep. unhappy with my life. So um, I thought about Tony Robbins talks about the, the triad of how to change your state. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking long-term how to change my state, not just a day-to-day thing. So yep. I decided, um, you know, one of my goals in life is to live overseas before I was 30. Mm-hmm. I'm 30 now, but I um, I was like I think 27 back then. Yep. And I decided to move to China because uh, China's becoming China's becoming like it's going to be one of the world's number one's economy and and India so I thought well it'd be really cool to learn Mandarin what's a great way I could do that so um, when I put that out to the universe I met with a bumped into an old school friend who did exactly what I wanted to do and then he gave me the lowdown how I could get a good job what to look for um, what I should be kind of looking at earning where I should live anyway so I moved to Shanghai and lived there for six months teaching English and I just made it happen like um, it was really cool like so what so talk to us about that cultural shift. How, what kind of, what, what was that experience like? Uh, they that gave, big shift. They gave me this piece of paper when I, I was working at a great school, like one of the top five kindergartens in Shanghai. Yep. And they gave me this, um, you know, welcome to China. Like, this is what to expect. You need to find, they put me up for two weeks yep. in a hotel and it was up to me to find an apartment and, and uh, rent that out for myself. So um, um, it said in there, uh, you may experience uh, what is it culture shock? Yeah, <laughs> and I, I'm like I was like 
I'm good. Like oh. I'm tough. I'm I'm fine. Like yep. this is cool. This this is a journey, and I'm I'm all good. Yeah. But um, I like each day I'd go to work. I I'd have this slight paranoia that my co-workers were talking about me. I was like, because they spoke in Chinese, right? It Did you learn the language or anything? Because I know the only I Mandarin went. I've ever picked up was um, the fruit, so. Oh, oh no, yeah. I yeah, very funny. So Are you a dad? <laughs> dad jokes. <laughs> um, I'm allowed to be, I'm a dad, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't know the language before I went. I just went, um, I was a school that was owned by you know, Canadians. And so Americans. everything was English. Not everything. The all all the Chinese staff spoke Mandarin. Yeah, right. Um, and uh, they spoke a little English as well. I would say I was going through culture shock, and I found myself getting irritated by little things. Like if I was trying to communicate with somebody through hand gestures, or mm. I, I learned the basics pretty quickly, but um, I was getting really irritated with with little things. And yeah. and taxis w- uh, can be racist over there. If it's <sighs> raining, they won't pick Westerners up. They'll like white people. They'll pick up. Um, Chinese before they'll pick up because they want to look after their own people Um, uh, so and uh, yeah I experienced a little racism like that um, which was fascinating I've Mm. never so it gave me flipped me like gave me a good experience of that yeah I I experienced um, culture shock for sure Um, but then what was interesting after about three months I just like fell in love with it I remember Mm. being out walking one night it's very safe you feel very safe in China Mm. and I was out walking around um, the streets of Shanghai and um everything's open quite late there so mm-hmm. 10 a.m till 10 p.m is kind of their, their day um and i remember just loving it like mm. the, the the vibe there the food um oh, i made some food. chinese friends Lovely. like real <laughs> but actually real chinese like yeah. you know how they say oh aussie chinese is different it, it's totally different when, yeah. when, once you're there um so yeah i fell in love with china and i was really sad when i came home but um happy at the same time like the pollution there's um challenge was challenging yeah i wore a mask every day and but the job was great like it's a, it's truly an experience that that changed my life um yep. i still love to be fluent in mandarin i'm not fluent um but yeah it really it changed me because one thing that i learned in china which is probably the biggest lesson i had to learn in life was to have a strict budget because when yep. you live in a foreign country man you can't just whoops i can't pay my rent like hey mom just just wire yeah, me some, some cash, cash. Yeah. like my parents don't work <laughs> like that for a start yep. and and also, um, yeah, I was being paid quite well, so I really learned to manage my money. Um, things are a bit cheaper there, which made it good for me to save. Mm-hmm. And I felt great when I came back to Australia with How long did you stay some there savings. For? Six months. Six months, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it was meant to be a year, but I came back a little early um, due to some stuff. And um, yeah, I saved 6000 in six months. Yeah, nice. Um, probably a bit more than that, actually. I came back for Christmas and spent there. But yeah, so it taught, really taught me responsibility and... The interesting thing was after the first few weeks of being there, I was like, I can't do this. Like, I'm, I was on Webjet looking at flights to come home. I was hating it so much. Um, it was just my brain losing its mind. It was yes. just my brain saying, this is so different. Yep. You need to get out. Yep. Um, but over time, and each day I pushed through because I had to, yep. um, I, I adapted and I was like, oh, it's not so bad. Mm. What I thought was horrible yesterday yep. is really nothing it's only natural we've got those challenges all the time we'll look at the now with this whole crisis going on it's just something that's been thrown in our face and we've had Mm. to adapt really quickly or we sit there and cry in our room let's let's (laughs) let's 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 take that pack of package information you just gave and contextualize this into business because there's a great lesson there in case Mm. y'all missed it right yeah so like the 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 similarities between what you just described and what it's like to start a new business are like quite remarkable especially if you've never done business, like the biggest shift they say psychologically someone could make is going from a nine to five job to 
starting their own business because you go from structure, certainty, you know, what you do, you get told what you do, you got an income coming in when you, like income's coming, you know it's coming in, for example, no, on a Friday, and then boom, it's like there's no rules. And it's chaos, it's uncertainty, it's unstructured. Holy world. You also have to, you, you're driven by self-motivation rather than yeah. the stick, which is do your work and you'll get paid. Correct. So it's and a different feeling. You know, I think a big part, <laughs> a big part of why people throw in the towel within 12 months is because they can't handle that uncertainty. And what I want to say is if you're in business and you just started a business, take a lesson from Alyssa's book, which is that, you know, she was over there and she had all your senses saying, I want to go home, I want yeah. to go home, which is which is the same as I should go back to my old job, I should go back to my old job. Or but you push, go back to bed or go whatever, to bed, whatever it is, right? Yeah. But you push through and mm. boom, you loved it. Yeah, it was cool. So you've got a two and a half year interim between obviously when you came back to now. So what's kind of happened in that kind of period of time? Uh, well, when I came back, I was, um, again, like the universe, I, I met up with a friend and then she was starting business. So I was doing all her um, sales calls and yeah, nice. and bringing in um, like closing deals for her, for her startup. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool. I worked on commission structure alone. So no, uh, I, th- I don't think there's a base salary to start with. So that was really awesome. I, mm. I did that. And then I also was babysitting because that's that's kind of my fallback is babysitting and um, comfort zone. Yeah, <laughs> plan B. Oh, it's just a, you know, like some people have a, tra- a train, a trade, yeah. or um, yeah. you know, chippy or whatever. But mine is babysitting. Yeah. Um, so I was babysitting. I was doing sales, and I was also um, for a mentor of mine. I was doing LinkedIn inboxing for two hours every yeah, wow. every night. Yeah, nice. So I was like twelve hours a day. I was working, and I just submerged myself into work, and I really loved that. Um, and in addition to that, I was um, I was going to the gym, yep. just a gym and work, just laser focused, mm-hmm. and that that established me, got me back on my feet. Um, and then um, some of the work fell off, like the the babysitting and the LinkedIn stuff. I kept working for my friend, and then um, and then I met my now partner mm-hmm. two years ago, and uh, we started a business together, personal training. So we've got a couple of clients that we train in person, yep. and um, and then we've got the online school as well. And um, yeah, and then we lived off a bit of my savings while we got that started, yep. and and yeah, so I, I pretty much well now I work full time, um, in the business and yep. or on the business, and she works full time as a personal trainer for F forty five, and uh, yeah, and that's that's what we do at the moment. Sounds like so, you've done a lot. Talk, talk, yeah. talk. So here we are now. Welcome, everybody. We're here in the present. Yeah. So so, so talk to us about yeah. talk to us about what you're doing right now with with Fearless, yeah. with the business that you're now working on. What made you start that? Why are you passionate about it? Like, talk to us about that. Yeah, so Fearless was started. Uh, I, my partner was telling me about what she wanted to do and all these different ideas she had. And and I just helped. I found myself mentoring her a little bit, like mm-hmm. um, helping her figure out what direction she actually wanted to go in, who she wanted to serve specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, would she be, would it be a focus on vegan, whatever? Um, and I was studying under a mentor. I still am. Um, who teaches business structure and, and how to build a business online. Mm-hmm. So then I thought, well, instead of me trying to build my business while well, my partner tries to build hers and I'm kind of mentoring her at the same time mm-hmm. anyway, why don't um, – because I love building businesses. I don't necessarily want to be in one niche. I, I think I'm more of a, like a business coach or mm-hmm. – I'm not sure yet. So I'm, I'm helping her in terms – like from a business coach perspective mm-hmm. where I'm saying, okay, um, I'm setting up the domains for her and the marketing and the Facebook ads and the – Click funnels page and the copywriting. Yep, so, yep. so I'm doing that all for her, and because she works full time, so it's a really cool dynamic where um, I'm the, the the technical side of things and the marketing, yep. um, and she just produces the content. She's like the face of fearless. Mm. So I, I love 
health. Like I think health is really important um, as a foundation for anybody to have a great level of health, mm-hmm. but it's probably not my top value. My top value is business. Yes. So, um, so I love helping her be the face of our business. And you then like from it. that, yeah, and yeah. from that, um, we've actually been in talks about me writing about my life because people tell me it's interesting, but I don't think it's that great. But she's, and when other people hear about some of the things, they're like, you should write a book. So, yeah. so I'm just slowly chipping away at that whilst, nice. um, whilst helping her build her business. And then once I've got her um, really thriving yep. as a proven concept, then we'll see if people start asking me, hey, can you help me with my business as well? And then perhaps that will become, you know, meet my coaching side of things yep so what are the main main focuses with with fearless like what, what's the main focus well who's who, who's who's it aimed towards like what's the problem that you're solving like what's yeah. it all about uh so a lot of pts and online courses at the moment um they give somebody a program with like do this exercise eat this food and you'll get x result mm-hmm. which is great from a marketing point of view people know exactly what they're getting but uh we're we see the problem with that is as people are buying these programs for fat loss or I want a bigger booty or they'd really focus on the physical manipulations of their body, which mm-hmm. is it's not bad, but it's not it great. Is, yeah. So we're teaching how to empower all areas of your health. So it's an online school which people access through Teachable. Oh, nice. Um, and it's a, it's a monthly subscription. It's only $60. So mm. it's cheaper than a personal trainer, way cheaper than a personal trainer. Mm. And Jacinta um, is available on Facebook. The, the private group nice. where they all can post their wins, their challenges, their questions at mm-hmm. any time and she'll answer them. Um, and then also she's educating them every month about a new topic. So with all the coronavirus stuff, the first month was about um, uh, building your immune immune system, like mm-hmm. boosting your immune system. Yep. And then month two, which is about working on now, is all about how to go vegan, mm-hmm. um, which is something we believe in. Like yep. if you're not vegan, you can mm-hmm. still join, but we're, we're, we'd like you to you know try your yep. best to reduce your meat intake and then each month we have a new topic Mm. so it's more about um helping people and we give recipes every month and workout programs every month that you can follow but it's about educating people that um your health is a lifelong thing Mm. it's not a quick fix eight weeks and you're healthy and then you you're off you're you're all good it's a it's something you have to work on continuously and then if if something's out with your sleep or with your nutrition then um, we give you the tools to, to um, diagnose that and how to fix it. It sounds like right now, obviously, you're you're doing something with your partner that you are passionate about, you do love, mm. which is obviously an important thing in business. And I kind of wasn't going to go there, but now we're here anyway. So why don't we talk about something which is like, you'd be ignorant to, to think this is not accurate, right? But being a woman mm. in business has its own unique set of challenges that, you know, being a man in business doesn't have. So... Can you talk to us about like what you've experienced in that domain and for anyone who's a woman, you know, what kind of advice you can give them to make sure that they... What, do you, what do you think the challenges are? I, oh, okay. Let, let's put it this way. A, uh, an article written by a woman who did one thing different, right? So mm-hmm. she was... I can't remember what her industry was. But she and another guy had like these contests who so could do the most sales and close the most deals. Right. The one shift she made that dramatically increased her sales was that instead of having her name at the bottom of an email, she put his name at the bottom and her sales went up. Really? He doing it, because they were saying who's got the better sales style, right? Mm. The only shift, his sales went down when he used her name at the, at the footer, her sales went up when she put his name at the footer. So it's ignorance to think that there's not challenges. It's, mm-hmm. it's ignorance not to think that there's biases, right? You know, I'm not going to get into personality traits, like assertiveness and stuff like that, because they do play a major role. Mm. Women are naturally more agreeable than assertive. 
that is a big factor in many things. But like, what what would you say are the main kind of challenges that you've experienced personally, mm-hmm. and how can people kind of navigate those? I would say, um, <clears throat> I would say that perhaps women aren't as aren't as confident, perhaps because there is a narrative that uh, women can't do as well in business, or um, it's probably it's. I believe it's probably rarer to see women uh, at the top because they, um, you know, they're the ones who rear children mm. and often play the supporting role for a man who um, is in business. Mm-hmm. Um, with me, obviously, I don't have that that issue as I'm in a relationship with a woman, <laughs> yeah. and I'm probably like the more dominant one yeah. in the relationship. So. Um, yeah, I believe that if you're a woman in business, it, the key is to not worry about the biological clock ticking. I'm 30 and we're not interested in having kids for five, six, maybe eight years because yep. we're, we're super healthy. We may freeze eggs, but <clears throat> you know, technology is incredible these days. So we're not mm. worried about the biological side of things. A lot of women worry about that mm-hmm. um, when we've spoken to them. Another thing is to back yourself. like Understand that you don't need a man um, to... To build a successful business mm-hmm. that you can do it alone as a woman um that's interesting the study i'd love to see that actually and read well, was about it, study. it was just it was just but, an article written by um by a woman about her experience yeah. using emails but uh, i think i one thing i do see is that um uh business is a bit of a boys club so yeah. um i was you know um some of these men i speak to who are in business especially the younger ones in their 30s have uh group chats with their um with their friends yep whether that be a business group chat or a supercar group chat. I guess it's a perception, like the mindset that you take going in there as being a woman or a man. It's like, oh, I am a woman, so I'm going to choose to be different, I guess, to, mm. hey, I'm a man, I own this shit, I think I'm that's, the upper dog. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. You'd have to back yourself. like mm. you know. Yeah, I think, I think women probably doubt themselves a bit more or um, maybe even not even just more. I think that everything's in balance, right? I think mm. there's, there's women out there who can thrive and do really well in business, but mm-hmm. perhaps they're worried about their biological clock yep. or, um, you know, someone who doesn't care about their biological clock isn't as confident. Yep. It just, it's, it's really personality-based, and uh, I, I, I genuinely feel that there's a shift. More women are becoming empowered now. We've got mm-hmm. the internet. Um, and I just, yeah, I think that for me, um, which will shift into your next question about mm-hmm. networking, um, being a part of the boys club and being accepted because a lot of business from what I'm learning with these interviews is that it's it's relationships. Yes. So um, uh, if there's two products that are the same quality but this person knows, um, you know, perhaps people in parliament mm-hmm. or they both people want to get a, a building over the line or a, a DA, you know, approval or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, a, a build or whatever, then um, the person with the... the networks will probably win a, a job yes um even if it doesn't appear like that in the public eye mm-hmm. so i'm really learning the importance of networking and um my podcast is a little bit of a way of of meeting these people who otherwise uh, i wouldn't get in the door with um by giving them some publicity some free publicity mm-hmm. and yep. um and allowing them to share their journey and their experiences on my platform but also then me having the ability to connect with them and and get into that boys club and and yes. show that i'm a capable woman because yes. They probably um, see, uh, you know, a, a blonde, you know, yep. petite 30-year-old chick. Like, she doesn't seem that dominant when I look at her. But yeah, yeah. when they meet me, they probably have a different perception. I think it's good. And, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm opinionated about many, many things. Dean DeShakes, he said, he goes, oh, fuck, where's Toddy about to go right now? <laughs> but, like, what I feel right is that, like, the men, and, look, I call that my own fucking kind, I don't give a shit, but, like, the men that have the most, you know, 
negative emotion or negativity towards women in business, the ones that are most insecure, that feel mm-hmm. threatened for whatever reason, which is stupid, right? It's the most stupid thing. And I feel like like the synergy between men and women in business is fabulous. Like men have ideas that women won't have and women have ideas that men don't have. Like there's yeah. this, this dynamic of brain interplay that is so fantastic if people work together. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I really do feel like it is highly based in, in insecurities, I'm thinking about like four people right now in my head. Like it, it's this, yeah. Anyway, I had I, a, I had I a digress. Guest, I had a guest that I guess I spoke to who I asked him actually. I said uh, somewhere I read online when I was researching him that he is an advocate for women in in um in construction, like yep. women in the industry. And I said, you know, I, I know you're an advocate for this. Um, um, what's your perception of women in business? And he said, you know what, it's not about the sex of a mm. person. He said, when we interview people, we interview women and men, and it's about their competence and and whether or not they're suitable for that role. Oh, my God, we're and going down a political rabbit hole. Here we go. Yeah, it's so going to be fun. It's, it's, it's all about if they're suitable for the role. But <laughs> yes. Yeah, and then, you, you know, you can talk about pay structures and in, in, inequality in pay. But, uh, you know, if you're a woman and you know that you're getting paid less than somebody in the same position as you, stand, be up, stand up for stand yourself. Stand up, you say something. And this is how these kind of mm. things happen. You be assertive. You put your foot down. Like, no. if someone tries, like, Dean knows. Like, I, I pull people up, right? Like, I'm just like, hey, this is not right. Fix it. And that's something, as a woman, you need to adopt. Like when I've done coaching coaching in the past with women, because I've done coaching now for 10 years, like, you know, there's been a a, a solid percentage of women who I've coached with. Obviously, there's emotional things that we go through. But in respect to career, there's a high element there of teaching them how to be assertive. Mm. It's a learned trait, right? If your mum and dad weren't assertive and that interplay wasn't happening at home, then chances are you didn't model it. Mm. But it's not too late to learn it. Like you can learn it. And I love what you just said right there about we're looking at competencies, so there's, there's something I'm exceptionally opposed to in the world right now. And that is, and like we'll either agree on this or we'll disagree, and that's okay because reasonable minds can have differing opinions yeah, and respect sure. each other. I believe the biggest injustice in the world is, is the enforcement of equality of outcome. Okay. Over. What do you mean by that? I tell you right now. <laughs> over. Oh, yeah. I'm probably, I'm probably going to become a politician in the next couple of years because it's becoming, great, it's becoming very important to me. Very many political things are becoming important to me and I don't like necessarily what I see in the world and I feel like there is, yeah, anyway, it's like choose your best poison at the so moment. So anyway, it's really. 2030, vote uh, number one. <laughs> yeah, the first tattooed guy. Um, but, okay, equality of opportunity versus equality of outcome, right? So what that means is that equality of outcome, uh, there are people out there that are saying everything needs to be equal without taking into consideration competence, right? right? It's just, it has to be equal because equal is fair, equal is right. Equal in what though? In pay everything, or Everything, everything. Equality of outcome means that we, we, we start the race at the same time, but we have to finish the race at the same time no matter how hard we all work. Yeah, that's equality of outcome. I, I disagree. 100%. I knew, I knew you would already. <laughs> a quality, but there Survival are, of the fittest, there, man. That's there what there I are people that believe this, and there are people that push yeah. this, and they try to push it through as legislation. Mm. It's injustice. It's the idea, take from the rich, give to the poor. Like, that, that idea is equality of outcome. Where for me, what I'm an advocate of is equality of opportunity. Mm. That means we all start the race at the same time, and based on how well you perform, how well you do, that's where you finish. And I love that. She's what you said with that guy right there. He goes like, I'm not looking at male or female. I'm looking at competency, right? Who's the best fit for the role? Mm. I think that's so important. And I feel like, yes, you go like the 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 
you know, 2000s as well, there's been a, 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 a somewhat of an imbalance out there in respect to, you know, men being favoured over women. But I feel like we're starting to become more aware these days. We're starting to realise as employers, and like I said, I've employed a shit ton of people in my life so far, yeah. like, you know, it's not whether you're a male or a female. It's like, what the fuck do you bring to the table? I also think it's a cultural shift, man. Like, yes. we, we grew up where women literally had a role in society and mm. they didn't have a voice to vote and that's just the way it was. It doesn't. It's not good or bad. It's yep. just what what happened. We used to wear puffy-shouldered clothing. Like, it's just the way it was. There's nothing wrong with that. Yep. It's just that's how it was and it's transitioning. It's changing now. So, yes. And that's okay. Um, so if you're a woman and you want a position of power, then go get it. Like, mm. don't sit around and, and, and sit here and bitch and complain yes. because that person's over there. Like, do your best. Like, learn the networks, get in with the boys' club, do what you need to do to get that position. Yep. And the the, the flip side of the coin of that too, because there's obviously two sides to each coin every time, is if you are a woman as well, like, and you don't want that, then that's okay as well. I totally. think that's, I think that's an important message to communicate because I was talking to my wife about this, right? And, you know, like, she's, like, we're about to have our second baby and she's very happy, like, looking after, like, the, the kids, right? She's happy doing that. Yeah. However, and this is so interesting, I find this such a love. I love social dynamics, right? I love it. Um, you know, the interesting thing was, right, when we had our son, Isaiah, um, within the first, like, 12 weeks, right, the questions that she started to get pressed upon her by, you know, other women sometimes was, oh, when are you going back to work? Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, I don't fucking want to go back to work. I'm going to look after my son because I think raising him to be a good, you know, man is more important than me going back to work. And we obviously, our, our mindset as well in regards to daycare and stuff like that is, you know, we'd rather keep them at home so they can get all the, the right values from us in the early stage, but that's a, a different discussion. Um, but, you know, saying that, she's also got an entrepreneurial side as well. Yeah. So she wants to start her business and she's going to do that as well. But she goes like, it's 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 annoying, this is what she said to me, she goes, it's annoying sometimes that like sometimes other women cast onto other women this idea that if you're not out there you know pursuing a career being hungry driven motivated rah 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 taking on like those kind of roles then yeah. you're not doing women justice so well, I think I think that each, everybody has different values right yes. so I, I, John Martini is one of my mentors he talks about seven areas of life and yep. different values and so obviously your wife has a high value in family and, yes. and um, I'm not sure what else but obviously family is high, high on mm. her values and, and business is not and these women who are um, coming into her life, asking when she's coming back to work or pursuing her entrepreneurial thing, uh, have a higher value on business than they do on family. So and also conditioning as well from what they witnessed growing up as well because, yeah. you know, did mum and dad stay home? What was the dynamic there? So there's but that, that's good for your wife mm. to hear that because it's challenging her. How bad do you want to stay at home and look after your son? Yeah. So, and then that's challenging your wife to be assertive in what she wants, which is family, and 100%. say, and say I'm, I'm, I'm really so happy so. being a stay-at-home mum. If they challenge her, that's good. That's that's mm-hmm. making your wife more more certain of what she's doing is right for her. And which then, for those who didn't pick it up, highlight a very important thing, which is knowing your values, right? Yeah. Knowing what's important to you. Yeah. So have you kind of – what was it that made – so you, you're very clear on what's important to you. Yeah. What was it that kind of made – gave you that clarity, do you think? I think that um, trialling and erroring a f- – Barclode through my life has helped yep. me gain that clarity. So I recently wrote down a list of some of the jobs that I've had and I stopped at 30. Uh, there's more. Oh, wow. And I'm wow. talking different jobs. Like, yep. you know, babysitting is one, even though I've done it for different families. Yep. So 
I've re- I've really tried a lot of different things, and um and and I'm okay trying a job, and if I don't like it, saying to them, hey, look, I'm really unhappy in this position, yep. I quit. Nice. And then I'd go to the next thing, and then the next thing. Sometimes I'd take jobs that I knew that I didn't really like just to pay the bills. Yep. So I think there's that, and also, um, uh, you know, investing money in personal development to go and learn from people like John Martini mm-hmm. and and, um, and having a network of other entrepreneurs around me. Yes. Um, and also not being afraid to say to my family, who don't have a high value in what I do, a lot of them, uh, and, and being okay that, that they don't agree with what I do. I'm glad you said that. Because a lot of people really value their parents' approval. And yep. I've cut the umbilical cord. I'm not attached in that way. Yep. Um, with some of my family, we don't talk, and I'm fine with that. Mm. And then other family, like my mum, we have a difference of opinion on a few things. Uh, but if, if you know I touch on this and she doesn't agree, then uh, you know we kind of just say, oh, let's... Let's talk about something else. And yep. there's, there's no heat there. Yeah. We respect each other. Yep. But when you try to push your values onto someone else and you and you constantly want them to live to your values, mm-hmm. it's 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 uh, like futile. It's never going to work. So I I understand, I look at people's values and I, I try to communicate with them in their values. And, mm-hmm. and also um, um, I try not to project mine onto other people as yeah. well. So when I'm having a conversation with people, I, I, I love to have it flow. And mm. um, yeah, and yeah, I really think that being okay with family and friends not talking to you having or, or exiting your life yeah. is, is essential. Yes. Not important, it's fucking essential for you to get to where you mm-hmm. need to go. Because yep. when you close those doors with people that aren't serving you and mm-hmm. you're not really serving them, then you allow yourself to build new relationships with people who are um, more going to help you on your journey 100 percent. whenever I, I do live events i always often if i remember to do it i'm not going to take things as they kind of go with the crowd give me what they give me but like i often will talk about you know what it takes to be happy and there being you know two, two things at play number one being what do you expect to be happening in your life right now and then number two what is actually happening right now so when those two things line up you've got happiness you feel good when they don't align, you get upset, you feel hurt, you feel let down, right? Yeah. And there being, you know, a couple of things that you can do. Number one, you can change your external circumstances so that you start to feel happy. It's the whole idea, right? Are you going to move or are you going to renovate? Mm. It's like you can either move and change your external circumstances or two, you can renovate what's going on, which just means you change your internal expectations. And, like, I, I so, I'm so happy that you said that about family too because, like, I, just like you, you know, there's people in my life that don't necessarily align with my values and stuff either. I love them. Like, actually, I love I love my family, but I don't always have to see them. Right? Mm. It's like you can love them and not see them all the time. And that's such an important thing because a lot of people do have that family chain and anchor, which is where I was going with that story. Yeah. So I do the whole chain and anchor metaphor on stage. I'm like, you know, a lot of people are trying to move forward into the life that they want, but they've got these chains and anchors holding them down, back. Chains and anchors mm. such as past conditioning, things they've experienced growing up, traumas. negative emotions, traumas. <laughs> yeah. And then the other arm getting pulled back is family, friends, there are people in your life right now that support the old you but not the future you. That's true. And just like you said, right, there, there, that's the hard, the dragon, I call it you to slay the dragon. Mm-hmm. That's the dragon that you need to slay because yeah. if you always try to move forward and you've got those chains and anchors holding you back, you're never going to become what you want to be because they're always going to be there saying, what are you doing that for? Are you silly? Stop that. You're a woman. What are you doing that for? Or, you know, don't be silly. That's not possible. It's like, fuck, just stop it. Yeah. What a it's, different track. It's actually important to distance yourself from those people, yeah. even if for a period of time and then and then come back to them later um, because you really need to fill your mind. And this is another thing I'm learning. Um, 
very quickly, you really need to fill your mind with with uh, reconditioning. It's mm. like you need to unlearn what you learnt from zero to seven yep. and then recondition yourself and reprogram the brain. And yes. Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about the, the, the neural circuits become like little pathways through the bush um, into super highways with four lanes. And mm-hmm. then um, that's a that's a really large, convenient, you know, neural pathway for your brain to, to use every day. So yep. for you to then go and cut a new path, it's, it's very challenging. It's a gut track. But it's important to... Yeah. Um, to go down that new path if, if that's the life you want. Mm-hmm. You All these cute quotes that you see on Instagram about, um, you know, step outside your comfort zone or um, to become the new you, you have to let go of the old you. It's it's cute, but it's when you actually conceptualise that and understand it fully, it's mm-hmm. fucking challenging. 100%. But it's necessary. There it is. Yeah. There's yeah. no growth in it. Yeah, no growth and comfort. You've got to push yourself. Let's look at the ice bath at the back there. It's not yeah. you never ever feel good jumping in that ice bath. No, but it's yeah. it's you get like that high once you jump out yeah. because you you've just done something small. You've challenged to challenge yourself. Yeah, exactly. And when you master that cold, it feels good. It's probably a, a great thing for you for your audience to just you know today or tonight when you're in the shower, turn it to cold. And if, Ooh, if you if you find turning your tap to cold for just one minute, man. You, yeah, you need some brain training because, <laughs> like, even though you, you're anticipating the challenge, if you if you can't enforce change on yourself to that small degree for one minute, I love it. Then how yep. are you going to build a, a, a multi million dollar company where you've got lives at stake? Imagine yep. if you were a multi millionaire right now, or Richard Branson having to fire people, or yeah. lay people mm. off, or he's thinking about more mortgaging his, his own island. island. Mm. That's a that's a that's a big amount of responsibility for someone to stop. Once again, he's got the neural pathway set up. He's, he's asserted control over his own thoughts, his own emotions, his own behaviours long enough that he's got the resourcefulness yeah. there. Yeah. And that's what we're discussing right now, just in mm. case you're wondering, guys. But like, none, of, none of this is what has happened with you has happened overnight. It's been a continual conditioning that's happened over your 30-odd years, right? Yeah, and it's still so. happening. Like, mm. it's still challenging for me. Um, I'm not there yet. I don't think you ever... There, I don't think you ever get to a point and you go, ah, oh, there you go. No. That's what I was aiming for in my life. I'm, I'm good yeah. now. I think you're constantly changing, evolving, yeah. learning, yeah. screwing up, and getting back up again. Like I think for me, it's, it's, it's been. I thought I'd be a multi-millionaire before 30, but I'm not quite there. Um, I, but I'm still pushing, yes. rather than just throwing in the towel. Oh, I failed in life, and what was me? I'm like, no, I've got a lot to, to bring the world, and um, um, it doesn't matter if it takes me another 30 or 40. Or 50 years. I'm living to, to 111, so... It's like they say, losers always find a way to lose and winners always find a way to win. Yeah. And the difference between a winner and a loser is that the loser gave up. That's it. Yep. Mm. I, I'll, I'll die trying rather yes. than give up before I'm on I, my death. I don't think the sure. point is ever to reach your goal, though. Like, it's... I feel that when you start to get close to your goal, it's a matter of being aware of that goal's coming closer and shifting expense. it out further. Yeah. You're yeah. Like, because if you ever do get your goal, then what? It's your end game. Yeah. So if you're always expanding it, then you're always moving forward and having that journey always increase, yeah. which becomes the new challenges, the new experiences, the new excitements, everything that comes with it. Yeah. So, yeah. I think so, Grant, Grant Cardone actually said that when he um, when he achieved um, a, a few things in life, he realised that he'd been thinking small. Yep. So he's in his 60s now, and he told me, he's yeah. like, I've been thinking too small all my life. So that that's incredible coming from a man like Grant Connor, and he yep. still thinks he's a peasant. So mm. um, think bigger. Like when he says ten x, he really he really means it. Mm. So I'm gonna 
I think we're at that time now where we start to wrap it up. But before we do, I always like to do this right at the end. If you were to give the listeners, the watchers, mm. three superstar pieces of advice in regards to being a success in business, just, just, just crushing it in life, what would you say to wrap this up? Uh, I would say, and this may not be for you, like this, I think every, every journey is different. So figure out... Uh, a morning routine that works for you. Mm. I, I know some people believe in morning routines, some people don't. But for me, I, I, I need that morning routine, that just that little bit of structure in the morning that I give to myself. Mm. Uh, I've tried waking up in the morning, jumping on the social media, and mm. it, I feel once you start working, especially if you love it, you just want to keep going. Yes. So I think it's really important in the morning to do something for you, whether that's meditating, exercise, reading, <clears throat> um, journaling, drinking tea, ice baths. Work out what it is for mm. you. I prefer to do something physical in the morning. Um, so morning routine is one. Uh, number two is do something every day that challenges you. Yes. Whether it's something small yeah. like talking Most to definitely. a stranger or, um, um, yeah, anything challenging like uh, making a phone call to a high-level person that may intimidate you, mm. um, something that is challenging every day. Uh, or different, so even using your left hand for things yep. uh, rather than your right to <laughs> to uh, challenge your your brain. Um, make you know you, you consciously have to think about brushing your teeth, something that you normally do naturally every yep. day. So uh, that's number two, and then number three would be think bigger yes. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, so you're better off, I believe, planning goals that are massive, um, generational, like we we're talking about at the start mm-hmm. of the podcast. Um, building, you know, building a generational wealth that means setting goals beyond your own life. How, how does that look? Um, not just saying I'm going to be a, a billionaire by the age of 50. Actually setting goals means to me working back from that and chunking it down to, to the now. Mm-hmm. So yes, have a big dream and a big goal. Like I just said, 10 exit, mm-hmm. but also work backwards from that and chunk it down to today so it makes it relevant. Otherwise, you're uh, you're living a fantasy thinking you'll achieve that without um, chunk down plan. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much. Mm, All right. Good. So that was great. I've really was enjoyed good. this part podcast. Yes, there was a lot of takeaways there. Um, a lot to learn from. But then day, thank you for coming on. You're welcome. Now, really appreciate it. For people to connect with mm. you, um, find out more, talk to us. How can people reach out? How can they connect with you? Where can they find you? What's yep. the, the best way? Um, the best way is through social media. <clears throat> Just yep. on Instagram, at Elise Grace. Uh, you put in the, the description how to spell it. Mm-hmm. But um, that's the, the best way you can get in touch. Yep. Your podcast? Uh, podcast available on all the platforms. So Apple, Google, Spotify. It's called Trillions with Elise Grace. Nice. Yeah. Is that all? Any other places to find you? Um, and then you can find our school through... Um, uh, the links below and also just through my, my social media. Fantastic. Fearless. Cool. Fearless. Fearless and Trillions podcast. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. All right, everybody. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast mm. here. I've already enjoyed having Elise on today. It's been good. Um, make sure you go check out all that stuff right there. Once again, if you haven't loved watching this, if you've enjoyed this, hit like, hit share, tag anybody that you think needs to hear what Elise has told us today. And we'll see you on the next podcast. Yes. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you very much. Appreciate Bye-bye. it.